1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, real quick, you heard it in the news. Julia was talking about it, and I know that Will was reporting it earlier. And it is a, a good um, end to what was, I guess, um, a thing that people thought was happening for a bit there. But there was no active shooter um, in near the Capitol building. You know what really is interesting to me, and I don't at all blame our newsroom for talking about that, but I bet you a whole bunch of places all over the country uh, ran with that story very quickly after it was uh, first put out on whatever uh, sources people use. And we use Reuters and uh, people use some other ones. Uh, and it's probably because of what happened yesterday uh, more so than anything else. And it's good that that story isn't true, uh, that even though I think cops um, – um, you know, came together and, and they responded very quickly. Uh, they didn't locate anybody uh, hurting anyone. So it's interesting to me that that story would go as far as it did, as quickly as it did, because it, it was all over the place. Um, probably mostly, this is my assumption now, uh, because people just thought it made sense. Uh, not that someone should try to do that. That's not what I mean. Uh, that someone might be mad enough after yesterday and the polarization that exists in our society uh, that someone might try to attack uh, lawmakers. Uh, that's my assumption there. But again, the good news, the valuable, most important part of it, uh, the thing where uh, eventually um, it's probably going to be uh, hopefully the way that, that a whole lot of people operate, maybe the Reuters of the world, to, to wait a little longer and not uh, throw the news out there and have it covered everywhere until we know for sure that it's true. Because uh, that, that's, that's an odd you know, up and down uh, for that story. But anyway, well, we're moving on. Other stuff, uh, more important stuff to get to. Let's talk about a lot of it. Uh, the first one is Devin Archer. And I know the first one could be Trump, and I'm sure some people think it should be Trump. Uh, but I really do think uh, that what happened between uh, Tucker Carlson and Devin Archer is more significant. And I'll tell you why. Uh, right now, the president is not Donald Trump. The president of the United States is uh, President Biden, and he uh, is dealing with a issue if that's what you want to call it or something like that in the world of Hunter Biden on an almost daily basis. And this is probably the most definitive account we have so far. This is a face. This is a human. Uh, this is someone that said he was Hunter's business partner for years and years and years. Uh, that's essentially giving us a look at how Hunter Biden would negotiate a whole crap ton of his business deals. And I know there's still no smoking gun, uh, although Tucker Carlson thinks it's hilarious as this conversation goes on, that the business partner won't say specifically what Hunter Biden was selling, but that it was more the illusion, uh, like you've heard other places. And I think that was the quote after um, Devin Archer testified on Monday, uh, the illusion of access uh, to the vice president. But one of two things occurred there. Either um, the current president, then vice president of our country, allowed that illusion to exist and actually helped it, as you'll hear in this uh, interview time and again, or had no idea whatsoever, uh, which is what Democrats want people to believe, which I still think is worse. I still think that's a worse scenario of the two for him to be a bumbling idiot. And I know I've seen him on television. I've made fun of him myself. But to the extent that his son could utilize his stupidity, uh, because that's what it would be doing uh, for better or worse. You can say it differently if you want, but utilize his father's stupidity to pretend as though you have access to him when you're making business deals with Hunter Biden. And that is time and again what Devin Archer said was happening without being quite as specific as I was there. But here, I want to play you several pieces of this audio, starting with this. So how many um, it's been reported and you have said that there were occasions when uh, Joe Biden would call in with clients present on a speakerphone. Right. 
How how many times do you think that happened? I mean, over a 10-year partnership, I would, um, you know, the number I'm going with is 20. That's probably the, the, <laughs> the amount that I so a lot. kind of... The number I'm going with is 20. I don't know, like twice a year. He'd hop into a business call and just sort of chit-chat with us uh, while we were there. That is an odd move to make as significantly as it's made. And that's just this one business partner. And actually, I do like uh, the way that the back and forth went a little bit later uh, with Tucker saying, you know, I'm a father. You're a father. I don't think either of us really jump in and put ourselves on speakerphones uh, for our kids' businesses or their business dealings all that often. Here's that. Hunter and his brother were very close to their dad. Absolutely. Um, which I think is great. Yep. Um, I've got a lot of kids. I'm very close to them. Talk to them every day. Yeah. Never called them on speaker during a business meeting. <laughs> That's weird. Ha! Huh. Is it? You've got a lot of kids. You're close to them. Do you call them on speaker during business meetings? Um, do I call <laughs> I mean, what is that? A grown man calling his dad on a speaker? I want to point out something real quick. This is Tucker Carlson, a guy that certainly is um, very much disliked by a whole lot of the left uh, and uh, maybe even a whole lot of people that aren't that far on the left, uh, but definitely disliked. And this other individual, Devin Archer, who doesn't seem like he actually has some sort of grudge or a reason to be attacking the Bidens. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem as though he desires to even harm them in some of the ways he answers some of these questions. Uh, but he seems to be a guy that wants to tell his story uh, for better, or for worse. He just wants to put it out there. What I think is so interesting is they've become friends or at least friendly is probably the way to describe it over the course of a 10, 12, 15 minute interview because they keep joking about how ridiculous Washington is. And this is one of those moments. Here's a little more. Speakerphone during a business right. meeting. Right. And to be clear, sometimes it was the call was coming in and the speaker would go. Sometimes on. he called so Hunter. It was, it's Come just on. the presence. You have to be, I mean, you're, you, you understand DC, right? So the power to have that access in that conversation and it's not in a scheduled conference call and it's a part of your family that's that's like the pinnacle of uh of power in these why why would it be valuable if uh the president vice president at the time would do nothing ever in relation to any of the people that hunter is doing business with why is that power valuable a hundred percent i guess i'm pivoting against the lie that i'm hearing people tell with a straight face congressman goldman for example that we don't really know what was going on. really you're taking a call from the vice president and you put it on speaker. It's not just, hey, dad, I'm in a meeting with some buddies. Right. It's let me, let me put my dad, the vice president, on speaker. Yeah. Yep. In the, in the rear view, it's uh, it's a it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. An abuse of soft power. Um, interesting. I loved the ending there. I, that's my favorite part is when he's nodding and laughing. Uh, Devin Archer, that would be. And then says it's an abuse of soft power. The phrasing there, and Tucker loves it so much that he repeats it and then just says the word interesting as he looks back down at his notes. Uh, that is, to me, fantastic. And, and I do think that whether you want to call it the deep state or, or the swamp or whatever it is, uh, that two guys sitting down joking about how um, the business partner of someone who was the son of the vice president at the time demonstrated his connection to the vice president in 20 different business meetings over the course of 10 years. That's just via the phone. Uh, there's other moments where he references meals, uh, where he references, you know, um, the vice president showing up uh, somewhere that Hunter was selling all that. It's just it's just slimy and gross. It, it's just the disgusting, broken parts, the financial parts of our political system uh, that rarely get their light shined as brightly as maybe we've been trying to shine it for the last few years. And the fact that this is so, like, cheery 
so smiley and, and they're joking as much as they are is something that's sort of amazing to me, uh, too. And there's there's more audio. The, the whole thing is up on Tucker's Twitter if you want to see all of it. Uh, and you can hate Tucker and still watch it and I think still find it interesting. Um, but again, like the, the moments where they just sort of joke with each other about how terrible D.C. is, is is pretty amazing. All right. There's one other thing. I definitely want to play this, too. Uh, just because I think it's it's pretty interesting and it's a really good way to ask the question, what is Hunter Biden selling? What What is he actually good at, especially in these rooms where people have different experience, better business ex- experience than he does? Uh, and obviously they've already dabbled on this topic, but here it is sort of more succinctly. Did, did he have a, a sophisticated understanding of regulation, do you think? Um, I think that he led a team that had had a had a sophisticated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, because <laughs> I lived in Washington a long time around a lot of regulation. Also, a very complex area. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's the, you know you got to be an expert in knowing the guy, and he was the guy that was the expert in knowing the guy. He was an expert in knowing the guy. Right. And who was the guy he knew? <laughs> uh, well, he knew a lot of people, but obviously you know? there was some familiar, you know, some his brother, was his father, uh, yeah, uh, some of his his father's siblings. So he, he knew a lot of people, and and obviously I know you're pointing to you know the father being the key relationship. Uh, actually, Tucker went on to say, no, 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 no. Just uh, trying to ask you questions and get answers from you. Who's the guy that he knew uh, out of curiosity? Who was the, the best contact Hunter had? Was it the guy he's putting on speakerphone uh, calling during some of these business meetings? Now, look, I, I will say this, and it sort of is ridiculous to say it, but I'm, I'm going to say it just because I, I do think for anyone that gets mad at these kind of topics, the refusal to admit the possibility of something uh, sometimes is enough for someone to tune out. I'm not saying that I believe this is likely, but I, I admit that there is a chance – I'm struggling to even say these words – there is a chance that um, our president, uh, then vice president, is this stupid. He's this level of stupid that he was used by his son with this level of not even knowing what was going on. I mean there's reports that Hunter was on Air Force Two with him flying to other countries and then having uh, business meetings and doing deals uh, well there. That, that's not disputed. Uh, anyone and everyone who fights about this politically only disputes if, if the president knew anything. And so I just I'll keep asking every time this stuff comes out there, which is worse, uh, a president that is this dumb and able to be used like this without any knowledge of what was going on or a president who uh, or vice president at the time who was in on it? I, I just I'll keep asking and you answer at home and we'll move on. One other thing I do want to play, and I do think this is very interesting, and this is Trump. Uh, so I'll get to the other uh, topic that feels big to a lot of people in politics. Uh, this is Gail King and Trump's lawyer uh, going back and forth. Uh, Trump's lawyers made the rounds on all the different talking head places. And this, I thought, was probably the most valuable demonstration of what the legal argument will be on Trump's side of the latest indictment, the indictment that's all about Trump's brain. Uh, because you may have heard other places and other experts say it's not about whether or not Trump believed that the election was fraudulent, yes, it is. Uh, the reason why it is is none of the things he did are crimes if he wasn't acting with malicious intent, if he wasn't acting in a way that uh, desired to do something illegal. If he believed uh, that the election was fraudulent, just Trump, not anyone else, not all the myriads of people who told him that the election was up and up, if he didn't trust any of them and if he trusted himself more, essentially if Trump is – 
arrogant is one way you could say it, or just believed he was the smartest guy in the room, uh, then nothing he did uh, can actually wind up getting him in trouble. And actually, even more so than that, and as I said, I'll play the audio to demonstrate it, uh, they even go further, and this lawyer says Trump kept consulting with lawyers. He kept consulting with with people that um, you know would give him professional information. If you trust the experts, you're also innocent. That's actually what's also going on in Manhattan. If he trusted his financial people in the world of his business taxes uh, and got those wrong, uh, Trump can say it's not my fault personally because I trusted the experts and they did the stuff uh, that they should know how to do. The same can be said about the president and any sort of legal expert he chooses to bring in to a matter of any kind. It might make you mad if you're sure Trump's guilty, uh, but that is true. Trust his experts. Trust himself. Both of those are defenses for the totality of what he was um, accused of yesterday. Here we go. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me actually make sure you can hear this audio and let's go. In, in the indictment where it says uh, that Donald Trump said to Mike Pence at one point, you're just too honest. What does he mean by that? Well, we don't even know what the circumstances were of that conversation. We have no idea of the context. But what, what we do know is everything that President Trump did was with the advice of lawyers and counsel. That's an absolute defense to a criminal case. Now, you may disagree about policy or disagree whether or not he made the right decision. But this is the first time that political speech has been criminalized. And they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he had corrupt intent, which they'll never do. They can't prove he had corrupt intent, according to his lawyer. I know that that's a opinion of a guy that's being paid to defend him uh, because you'd have to demonstrate that he believed what he was saying was false, that he that he, what he was acting on was inaccurate. And if you've assessed Trump, the person even more recently, it's very hard for you to believe, for me to believe, for anyone to believe that he isn't convinced that the election that he was uh, a part of in 2020 was, in fact, fraudulent and was stolen from him. Again, it doesn't matter if you think it's true or I think it's true. It only matters if Trump thinks it's true. And I say arrogant, and that might make people mad, uh, but that will benefit him in this in this courtroom, in this case, uh, because essentially the, the prosecutors will say tons and tons of people, high-ranking people in our government, told you you were wrong. Why did you think you were right? And he'll just have to look at people and be like, because I thought I was right, because I still think I'm right. If, if he's uh, that level of sure of himself, uh, which is, I guess, is a different way to say it, uh, then he will not wind up getting in trouble. Uh, he might even get uh, in trouble in, in uh, Washington, D.C., is what they're saying. Uh, but once this gets challenged upward, proving that a person's brain was thinking something uh, different than what he said every single moment he spoke – uh, no one has the smoking gun of Trump told me behind closed doors uh, that he knew that this was all uh, a bleepity bleep uh, that didn't exist. I read the whole 45 page indictment. All right. Quick break. More stuff in just a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. We're all getting uglier. Uh, that's what science is apparently telling us. Uh, this is a real study uh, out there, and a, at least one guy who went viral, I think, on social media uh, discussing it. Uh, but apparently uh, the attractives versus the unattractives is a widening net uh, of one side uh, gaining and one side losing uh, individuals. Uh, this is what they say is the reason why uh, the average person's face is becoming increasingly disadvantaged. I love the way that science says stuff compared to the way that, like, we say stuff. Uh, but disadvantaged is the word they used because of modern diets, sleeping patterns, pollutants and uh, different facial habits. Uh, those are all the things that are creating a greater inequality. Uh, this is another word from the study in the attractives versus the unattractives. So we're getting uglier. 
Uh, but we're doing it together, which seems like a good thing, uh, because if it was only like uh, a smaller portion of society and not the majority of us, that'd probably be bad. Uh, but if you're in the majority, then eventually I, I feel like attractive just changes, right? Like if, if we all if we all step down a, a tier together, uh, then maybe who is attractive uh, changes completely. I don't know. Uh, but I love this, and I, I like that this is out there, and I like that it got millions of views on social media uh, because the only reaction you can probably have to it is, well, it's not so bad. Uh, it's, you know, again, because it's it's uniform. It's everyone outside of the, the few elites uh, that I guess are out there and still very attractive and probably in some sort of movie or TV show of some kind. Actually, I, I heard this morning Bradley Cooper uh, mentioned a couple times. I think Julia was one of the people that came up with that. Uh, Dan, uh, our morning show host, was asking who um, was in some movie, and he just described it as like one of those attractive guys. And then you guys started guessing on who the attractive guy was. Jason Momoa was my <laughs> choice. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's less attractive people uh, now, Julia? Do you think we've we've lessened in the amount of them? What? That's what the science is saying. <laughs> I was just reading a scientific study that oh, said man. we're all getting uglier together. At oh. least it's not like, you know, just some of us. No, I, it's the collective. I, I, I wouldn't want to say that. I, well, I didn't say it. Wow. The science said it. I'm not. I don't know. Collectively, what to think. though. Collect, yeah, everybody. Uh. It's the it's our faces uh, that I are getting d- I worse. I don't want to believe it. <laughs> I don't. OK, good. Yeah. It says it's our faces, and it says it's for a lot of reasons. Uh, we don't sleep enough as well, a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we don't have great diets as people. Uh, we also have bad facial habits is one thing it says facial here. Facial habits? Yeah, I don't know what that means exactly, oh, uh, but our facial habits are not good. So mm. all that stuff means we're getting uglier. Oh, that's a thing out there in the world. <laughs> uh, by the uh, one other quick thing. I was going to ask you about this yesterday. I forgot I had uh, Strauss here for a while. Um, I saw something that said that over 50% of relationships now are starting with a direct message on social media, not a dating app. Ooh. Do you think that makes sense? Do you think that's true oh, or not? Probably. Okay. Why Probably. do you think that's a better move I don't for somebody? think it's a better move, but I think that is what is happening. Because that used to be a bad thing to do. Yeah. That yeah. used to be like the worst way to try to uh, tell somebody you, you thought they were nice and you wanted to take them out for like a piece of cake. Times uh, they are a changing, man. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I had no idea. I met my wife at Blues Fest in Chicago. Uh, that's That was the way that that happened, and no no apps were involved, no messages on social media. Well, how long ago was that? It was like over 10 years. And okay. All right, fine. Now you made me feel old, Julia. Whatever. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, You got the news. After the news, I will keep talking about some of the the bigger stories out there in the world. Uh, There are uh, more of them than maybe it sounds like there are, with the two big ones uh, being ones you hear uh, a lot about. Uh, But there is other stuff going on in the world of politics, and even uh, Mark Meadows is somehow wrapped up in some of this. I'll get to that and more in just a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Julia Bradley hanging out this week doing uh, news for us because we got some people on vacation and whatnot. My mom says hi. Uh, hi, by the mom. Way. <laughs> Thank you for that. My mom's a big fan. Um, I wanted to ask you a few quick things. Okay. First, nobody won Mega Millions. No, we're still night. here, obviously. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. sad. Uh, $1.25 billion now is what they're estimating the next jackpot to be on Friday. Yeah. Um, uh, this is not... Here's what I want to say, and I had this take, I think, last week, too. This is not actually a good thing. It means it's it's harder to win the Mega Millions because we see these giant prizes all the time. Uh, even though the odds were already terrible, we should actually be kind of sad that the jackpots get this big. Mm. Uh, at least it's my take on it because it means that your chances are worse than they were before we saw a billion dollars 
every so often. But you agree, you know disagree? They, they try to put a smiley face on it and say, <laughs> oh, but it's so much easier for you to win one or two yes, million dollars. For sure. Yeah. Well, and people did do that. And actually, I right. think I, I heard you guys uh, this morning uh, talk talking that, yeah. uh, the Greg and Dan show as I was coming <laughs> in to be on. Uh, and how that would be a pretty good deal right now. You yeah. win a million, you go under the radar. You'd be under the radar. Nobody would even bat an eye. See, I, I hate to uh, be the bearer of bad news, but I found all the different local news channels in all the places where people won 650000 $1 million, $2 million, the $4 million in uh, Texas, and they're oh, all over it. They they're, called them out, huh? Yes, yeah, so those oh. those people are so discussing that, it. that part of the story is not so true. So your surrounding area is going to know stuff. Well, of course they are. Yeah, but, but everybody be, else. Yeah, it wouldn't be the yeah. world. Yeah, you're not going to be hearing from the relative that claims they're a relative in a different country. Like, that's not going to happen. But nobody won. That's sad. Are you buying tickets? I, I have not. Okay. I bought two yesterday. I'll buy some before Friday. It's my rule. If it gets to a billion, I, I buy at least a ticket, maybe two. Okay. Uh, another story out there that I love, and I don't know if you've seen, and I think it's been out there for a couple days, is whether or not there's a guy in a bear costume at a, a zoo in China. I think in Beijing. I have, have you seen any of this? No. So there's a video, and the guy is standing. Well, it's a bear. Uh, but it's standing up on its like you know front leg or hind legs, and it seems like it's waving at people. So it's okay. like a really bad guy in a bear costume. Yeah, this is not a real bear, people. <laughs> well, at least that's what it looks. But it is though. Like the experts all say, it is a real bear. Oh. And I can show you a photo of it. Okay. That's, this is what went viral. If you can see that. Yeah, I see it. And the little scrunchiness toward the the backside. That is not a real okay, bear. Okay. See, everybody thinks it's a costume. <laughs> everybody thinks the scrunchiness near the backside is the clue. The big, other than the waving and the smiling. Oh. You know, behind the knees. Mm-hmm. But it's the neck no. part. The neck oh. part is the part that I, I think makes it a bear because nobody has that big of a neck and the bear head is moving correctly. Mm-hmm. And I know you can get like fancy machinery stuff in there, but I feel like that's a lot of work. Uh, the Chinese zoo has said it's definitely a bear. Uh, definitely not a person. <laughs> uh, but people are still debating this. It's been going on for three days. Is that a dude or is that a bear? So the Chinese officials are trying to get more people to come to the zoo and Maybe. spend their money. <laughs> yeah, That's sure. what it is. Sure. Yeah. Or this, this bear wants to be a person. Like oh, it could on. be the next Disney movie, yeah, a character right. in it. All right, fine. Mm-hmm. And then there was one other thing that I think I wanted to throw at you. Uh, and I've – oh, yeah. No, it's this. Um, it's a piece of audio I want to play just real quick. Uh, do you say thank you or do you say no problem? Do you know which one you say or do you say both? Um, if somebody does something or if you uh, do something I for somebody. I would say thank you. I'm, I, okay. I like to be proper about okay. that. Okay. Or uh, do you say you're welcome, excuse me, or no problem? I think I'm doing the wrong ones. You're welcome or no problem? You're welcome. Okay. All right. Here we go. So this is <laughs> this is a young person thinking way too hard about this oh. and then a whole bunch of other people reacting to it uh, because I guess some people feel like one of them is meaner than the other one. Oh, yeah. And so this might be a bunch of overthinking, but I enjoyed it. Here we go. Of course, no problem is the more polite way. But the truth is explanations for both are equally valid. People who say no problem will say that you're welcome feels rude because it's as if you're saying, yeah, of course, you should be thanking me. What? You are welcome. Huh? But people who say you're welcome will say that no problem feels rude right. because it's as if you're saying, well, I was only doing it because it wasn't a problem. Uh-huh. If it was a problem, I just wouldn't have done it. What? People who say no problem will say no problem feels polite because, mm. you know, you're just saying, yeah, of course, it wasn't a problem. Are you lost yet? Are you the, completely uh, lost? The, okay, the no problem <laughs> thing being... You're welcome. More no polite problem. polite yeah. than saying you're welcome? One no. of them is more polite, according to I young people than the other. I think they got that backwards. Okay. He wasn't done, just saying, yeah, of course. It wasn't a problem. You don't even have to thank me. It wasn't a problem. No problem. Yeah. People who say you're welcome will say you're welcome feels polite because it's as if you're saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, you on. are welcome to my help at any time. You're welcome. The same way you'd say you're welcome 
to eat. It just yeah. means you can have it at any time, and it's not an issue. By the way, his rant was both are good and both are bad. Um, that's what he was doing there. Although he thinks that no problem is better than you're welcome. Can I have those two minutes of my life back, please? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That no is, problem. That is how I felt. I saw this go wow. viral. I saw a bunch of people like reacting to it. And yeah. I was like, I think we overthink some stuff. Absolutely. Okay, we do. Thank you, Julia. Yikes. That was great. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> or thank you. Uh, one of the, or you're welcome. One of those is more important than the other. Uh, this world is weird. All right. Uh, <laughs> sorry about all that. See you in a bit. See you in a bit. Um, some other things I have out there that I thought were kind of interesting, and I just wanted to uh, jump on just quickly before we take a break here. Uh, the first one is uh, Janet Yellen the Treasury Secretary, uh, being upset or confused uh, that our um, uh, Fitch grade has gone down. Our credit rating has gone from AAA to AA+, uh, which feels like a lot of batteries. Uh, But here we go. Here's Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, saying, how dare they not listen to everything that we're saying in the world of Bidenomics and how great stuff is. How dare they assess our economy on their own and decide things aren't things aren't as good as as we're claiming they are. Uh, these people who are doing their job and saying stuff that we don't like. Uh, that's essentially what her message is, I think, in its entirety. Over the past few years, the American economy has seen an historic recovery from the depths of the pandemic downturn. Over 13 million new jobs have been created since January 2021. Our unemployment rate stands at 3.6% near historic lows. Overall annual inflation has declined every month for the past year, and our economy continues to grow. In the longer term, the United States remains the world's largest, most dynamic, and most innovative economy, with the strongest financial system in the world. Fitch's decision is puzzling in light of the economic strength we see in the United States. I strongly disagree with Fitch's decision, and I believe it is entirely unwarranted. It is entirely unwarranted. Did they hear all the stuff I said? Is all the stuff I said 100% true? That doesn't matter. I said the stuff. I said it into a microphone. I said it with a camera on. I I think that's all that counts in the world of uh, some of our politicians and what they believe to be true. And actually, I guess maybe throw her in jail um, uh, if she's lying, uh, because that's another move. I'll talk about that in a second. I know it's a bit of a stretch, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, But I wanted to play uh, something else that I thought was amusing. Uh, Yellen goes out and says, it's ridiculous. We shouldn't have been downgraded. Everything's amazing. Biden's done a great job. Our president was asked about this. Uh, He was on a bike, uh, actually, earlier today. And so people just sort of shouted stuff. And he did not answer it. But for some reason, I enjoyed the fact that these were the questions shouted, uh, not just the one about the downgrade. There's, you hear it just at the very end. There's something where somebody just says the word indictment, it sounds like. And I, I love the, like, the hopelessness in the um, – because this is sort of like a guy in a car who screams out uh, to a woman on the street trying to hit on them in a way that never works. It's not a good move. No one should do it. Uh, you're not going to succeed. Jerry Seinfeld has made fun of this. Uh, but anyway, this is that version with reporters and politicians. Mr. President, what, did, what did you think you of the Fitch downgrade, downgrade, Mr. President? Indictments. <laughs> My favorite part is just that last, the last little part. Indictments. Indictments? You got, what do we got there? Anything? All right, he's gone. The bike is gone. Uh, he's he's not going to stay. Uh, by the way, he was also shouted a question. I think this was last night uh, about the movie Oppenheimer as he was coming out of a back door. Uh, he was willing to answer that question. Uh, no bicycle. So I guess he wasn't moving quite as quickly. I don't know if that's the reason why, but he, he gave his assessment there. I'd like to see this president. 
That's all he gave us. Compelling is what he said about the movie Oppenheimer. Uh, but again, you yell at him and ask about downgrades uh, in the world of our economy. Uh, that no answer. And then just again, I want it one more time. Indictments. Indictments. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like that guy's on his last straw. Like he's ready to quit being a reporter. And he's just hoping that maybe uh, Biden turns around and gives him a long winded answer to the question that was one word indictments. Uh, I don't know. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three, WMBD. It's the uh, Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff, as I always say, uh, to talk about. Uh, I did see uh, this. I didn't know what to think about uh, this story. Um, and you be the judge. There's audio. I don't really want to play the audio. I was just trying to make that decision uh, off the air uh, right before because it's just people like fighting with each other and yelling at each other and being very mad at each other. And I, I feel like I don't totally understand where the anger is coming from, but I'm not a parent. So maybe I'm wrong. And you tell me uh, if you feel differently. 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464. So a woman went viral on social media. Her name is Danny. I guess she put this video up um, last month, but it's just going viral now. She got upset because a neighbor of hers, and this is the way she titles the video, uh, took a photo of her kids in a swimming pool, like a kiddie pool, outside in the front yard, and she thought that that was gross. Um, and it makes it sound like the person who took the photo did it for a, a really disgusting reason. Uh, but that's not true, actually. The confrontation shows that it's another uh, older woman uh, who took the photo, and she said she's worried about the water bill because it looks like they all live in an apartment together, and maybe the water bill is shared, and maybe the price goes up for everybody. If you, I, I had a situation like that in Chicago where the building water was supposed to be in the rent, but if you use too much water, and you never knew how they, they assessed that, uh, they just told you. They didn't show you any of the bills. Uh, then you had to pay more money. So I think that's what's happening there. So the other woman is saying she took a picture after telling the kids to stop running the water, that the the, um, the tub or whatever, the, the baby pool was already full. And so then a fight ensues. And they're yelling at each other, and they both got phones out. And then I think there's a husband who gets involved a little bit, standing in between them, and then the threat of another husband. Uh, and I, my take on part of it is it's ridiculous now that this is the way that some people interact with other humans that they live near neighbors or that they'll see again when they're not streaming them on social media. Because uh, that social justice warrior, that, you know, embedded reporter uh, that's covering uh, some sort of firefight somewhere in the in the world is what comes out of people. Everybody all of a sudden thinks uh, that they're somehow, you know, with the, the 19th platoon as they're talking about whether or not the neighbor took a picture about water or about care, whatever it is. And so the accusations flying back and forth. The whole thing is crazy. But but I asked the simple question, and I'd love an answer on social media, uh, 309-340-4464. You can text me as well, uh, Craig Collins Show on Facebook, 309-340-4464. Is the mom right? Because it is a picture of kids, and they are playing in a pool. Um, so is that mom right for being upset that that's a version of photo that exists uh, at all? And uh, should it be something that the other neighbor was willing to delete off their phone, even though it does not seem as though – it's for any of the reasons uh, that mom number one is saying it's for. And then actually, I think the neighbor even says she's going to send it to the, the landlord because uh, she wants the landlord to know who's using all the water. It's very petty. It's a very stupid fight. Uh, but I thought it was interesting because uh, and actually I'll go 
uh, one step further in a version of this conversation. A friend of mine refuses to allow his two children to be photographed for anything that goes up in social media. He, he refuses. He says he doesn't want pictures of his kids until they're much, much older, and then they decide for themselves how much of their lives they want to put on the Internet. It's not necessarily for you know other reasons, uh, but I, I thought that was interesting. And my buddy, he's very strong about that. He's like, if, if you are near us and my kids are somewhere, uh, he visited us a couple times, and, of course, they brought their two children who are little kids. It's like a 10-month-old, um, I think, now. Uh, or maybe uh, she's just passed a year old, his daughter, and his son's like four. Um, but if you take any pictures, don't put anything on social media that has my kids in it. And so maybe it's something there. I don't know. But I thought it was an interesting fight, uh, to say the least. And again, uh, really a, an odd situation that they're they're debating the water bill as significantly as they are. Um, but maybe maybe the person who's upset about the wasted water might have a point if the whole um, building winds up. Pa- I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Facebook.com slash Craig Collins show or 309-340-4464 to give me an opinion on that. Uh, Another thing I saw that I thought was kind of uh, interesting and out there in the world um, is that there was this mom. uh, This is another uh, Reddit thing, uh, which I very much enjoy. Uh, There's a place on Reddit actually called Am I the Jerk is what I always say, or Am I the Bleep is the real word. Although I think I can say that word. No, I'm not going to say it. I think, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Uh, anyway, M-I-V-A uh, word is the, the actual word you use there. Um, and this mom was getting upset because she was on a flight with a little kid. Her son, I think, is like five. And like three rows in front of them, according to this person, someone was watching the first Deadpool movie. And I don't know if everyone out there has seen it, but it's violent. It's, it's graphic. It's hilarious. I enjoy the movie quite a bit. Uh, but it doesn't shy away from things that maybe other superhero movies do. And so the mom was yelling up the rows in the, uh, in the plane, trying to tell the guy to turn the movie off because her five-year-old son could see it. And she said he was, quote, traumatized by it. Uh, that's a weird fight too, people. Uh, these are two parenting questions that I don't have answers to because I, I don't have uh, kids again. But I don't think you can tell somebody three or four rows in front of you what to watch and what not to watch. And I wonder if the son... You know, he's a little kid, but if he's glancing, if he's looking, if he's trying to see the movie, if there's some learning lesson, some teaching moment for him where you actually look at him and go, you know, that movie's not appropriate for you here, you know, pay attention to this or move a seat with him. I don't know what the solution is, but I don't think you can make the other guy turn the movie off. Uh, He did not turn the movie off, by the way. And she asked on the Internet, uh, who's the jerk? Am I the jerk? Is he the jerk? Uh, What do you think? Uh, So you can tell me that one, too. Uh, but I do think she was asking way too much of a complete stranger. Uh, that's not that's not exactly how that works. I know Julie is a parent. I don't know if she wants to weigh in on those two topics at all and tell me what she thinks um, of either one. Uh, I don't know if you caught them both. I heard the one about the movie theater. What was the other? So it's not a movie theater. So it's on an airplane. Oh, on an airplane. And so airplane. it's a guy three or four okay, rows up in the airplane uh, that is watching the violent movie. And the little kid is trying to watch the movie, too. And then the woman is saying, turn that movie off. My no, kid can see it. That's not the guy's problem. <laughs> that's her problem. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter at all to him. Okay. Turn your kid around a little. Yeah. And then the other one uh, that I thought was kind of interesting um, that's out there in the world and I was asking uh, people their opinion of, and now I've completely forgotten it, which is the craziest thing ever. Because uh, I, just, I just did that story two <laughs> seconds ago. That's not good. This is not good for my brain. Um, oh, it's the, yeah, I remember now my, my brain still Senior works. moment. Yeah, there we go. My brain still works. Um, it was uh, a kid that was two kids. I think that are playing in a baby pool in the front yard of an apartment complex okay. and a neighbor took a photo and then the mom got very mad at the neighbor taking the photo 
And the neighbor is an older woman, too, who said they all pay for the water bill together. And she wants the landlord to know that her kids are wasting the water and it's not for some other terrible reason. And they got in a crazy like social media fight what? where they're both recording each other oh, and both yelling at each other. On people. Mom, number one, is demanding she delete the, the photo. Uh, the other she doesn't want anybody taking pictures of my kids. Of her kids in their yeah. bathing suit in the front yard of the, no. of the apartment complex. Yeah. Not exactly hiding. And up. the other lady doesn't want you to use up all the water. Because right, then we, gotta, we all got to pay the water. Oh, yeah. People get who's, a life. <laughs> who's right and who's wrong in, in that one? I'm not going to chime in on that one. It's not worth it. Not I like that. It. You know what? I might save that audio of you. Uh, the next time I feel like there's no right answer to some of these, just like, ah, no. Leave that alone. All right. <sighs> I do like the fact that people do the social um, media fights where they're, you know, live streaming or whatever uh, with someone they're probably going to see the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the interaction after you're not live streaming anymore? What, what's that one like? The see them on, on a Tuesday. Face to face on the corner. Right. After the Monday where you stream to your 10 friends on social media, that this is the worst person in the world. Do you just like nod your head or wave or be like, hey, Barb. A nice to see you on a Tuesday. I don't know how you get over it if if the social yeah, media you make that big of a deal about right. it. And if social media crowd doesn't go your way, like if they don't agree with you, yeah. I, I don't know how you apologize. All right, mm. maybe they need to make a Hallmark card. Just don't do it. Yeah, or just don't do it. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff uh, to talk about, as I always say. And yet, one of the bigger things. Uh, that has happened is not uh, more discussion about the former president and his indictment. Uh, to be honest, he will plead innocent and then it'll be a pause on that. We'll wait a while until more things come out. However, I, I do want to make one thing uh, clear and I, I want to try to say it again as best I understand it. And I can play some of the legal experts who are saying this too, but I know I found this pretty much everywhere. I think even in more left-leaning um, uh, organizations that wrote up about uh, Trump's indictment, that it does almost entirely depend on a courtroom believing uh, that the former president knows that he's lying or um, believes it to not be true uh, when he says that the 2020 election uh, was not on the up and up. Uh, that's his claim. I'm not saying that it matters if I agree with it or if you agree with it. None of that actually matters. Uh, you can yell at your radio or yell at your television or yell at whatever you want to yell at uh, when and if any of that actually is, is on TV and be like, how dare anybody think this? And it doesn't matter. Uh, it only matters what one person uh, thinks, and that person is the former president. And if he believes the 2020 election to be fraudulent, uh, well, then his defense is ironclad, uh, is what uh, people are saying. And that's that's not me trying to say bias uh, of any kind is the reason uh, behind that. And actually, I will play audio probably a little bit later on uh, in the show today uh, of Hillary Clinton, uh, just because it's also making the rounds, I think it was in 2019, uh, where she said that Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. Uh, because if that in and of itself is is wrong, if you can't say those sort of things, um, then, well, other people should probably be in trouble and should probably wind up facing some charges of their own, uh, not just the former president. And I know that anyone who heard me just say that that doesn't agree uh, thinks I'm now a ridiculous uh, far-right uh, guy. Uh, but honestly, the the application of law fairly to both sides of the political aisle is a pretty important topic uh, in and of itself to discuss. And if you can find concrete, identical examples of where someone did something that they're accusing someone else of doing, one person got in trouble, one person didn't, because they're saying it's not just January 6th. The big thing, and even the left-leaning places are saying it, is it's not just what occurred because of what was said in the speech that day. 
It's all the other stuff that was said, uh, which is typically First Amendment protected uh, political speech type of things. All right. Uh, But I do want to play more of the Devin Archer, uh, Tucker Carlson conversation, because I do. I think this is so fascinating. And I think one of the biggest reasons it's fascinating, at least uh, to me, is that fairly quickly into this back and forth, and Tucker put it up as the 11th episode, I think, of Tucker on Twitter, uh, but fairly quickly because they're both uh, very familiar with Washington and how it how it works, how D.C. works. They wind up kind of joking around and laughing uh, throughout a lot of this recorded, put out for social media uh, conversation with the business partner of Hunter Biden, someone who keeps saying that it definitely benefited him and Hunter that he was so close to the vice president. Now, of course, the president. Uh, all of those things matter. Uh, not that they're still in business today. Those guys are not working together currently. Uh, but it's just so funny how there's these laugh and smile moments. And the one thing that doesn't get said, but Tucker gets him very close to saying it, is, yeah, uh, what Hunter was selling was a relationship with the vice president. Here's part of that. And this is not a criticism of you. I would think as a business guy, um, you use every advantage. These are not business guys. This is the vice president of the United States. He's right. not allowed to be working on businesses with foreign governments while he's vice president, I don't think. Not that I know. <laughs> <laughs> but here he is. Right. Amazing. Right. Not that I know of. He's not allowed to be working on these things that you guys are working on. Here's the other part of it, uh, the part that I, I think I love the most, where um, Tucker's even asking what skills did Hunter bring to the table? What were the things he was good at? D- did he have a, a sophisticated understanding of regulation, do you think? Um, I think that he led a team that had had a had a sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I lived in Washington a long time around a lot of regulation, also a very complex area. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's the, you know you got to be an expert in knowing the guy, and he was the guy that was the expert in knowing the guy. He was an expert in knowing the guy, right. and who was the guy he knew? Uh, well, he knew a lot of people, but obviously yep. there was some familiar, you know, some, his brother, his father, uh, yep. uh some of his, <laughs> his father's siblings. So huh? he, he knew a lot of people. And, and obviously I know you're pointing to, you know, the father being the key relationship. Yeah. The vice president uh, being the most important relationship. Uh, I played the audio earlier. I'll play it again in the top five at five in about an hour. Uh, he also talked about how Hunter would call his dad during business deals, during business conversations uh, with potential uh, people uh, that Devin Archer and Hunter wanted to work with and just put pop on speakerphone and how powerful it was to hear the voice of the vice president while negotiating these deals. One other thing that I thought was interesting in this back and forth, though, I was when toward the end of at least part one, I think there will be a part two of the conversation. Uh, Tucker Carlson pulled out and read a letter that Hunter, or excuse me, that the then vice president, uh, Vice President Biden, sent directly to Devin Archer uh, about missing an opportunity to talk to him at an event. This is weird. Uh, and here's the total. This is like a minute of audio. Uh, he pulls out the letter. He holds it. Uh, Devin Archer looks at it, confirms it's real, and then he reads what's on it. And they both sort to talk about how unique this is for the uh, vice president. Uh, one, what he's complaining about is sort of amazing as to why he couldn't get away uh, to talk to um, Devin Archer. Uh, but two, just in general, to take this extra step to say, I'm so sorry I didn't get the chance to talk to you at this function that you were at as the business partner of my son, or as I guess just a family friend, if that's what they're going to say the reason for this letter was. This is from the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, to you personally, and it's personalized here at the bottom. Devin Archer, Rosemont Seneca Partners, that was your partnership with Hunter Biden in Georgetown. Dear Devin, 
I apologize for not getting a chance to talk to you at the luncheon yesterday. I was having trouble getting away from hosting President Hu. Hu Jintang was yes. running China at that point. I hope I get a chance to see you again soon with Hunter. I hope you enjoyed lunch. Thanks for coming. Sincerely, Joseph R. Biden Jr. P.S. Handwritten. Happy you guys are together. So there are many levels here. But here's the vice president of the United States saying to you, a man in his mid-30s, who's not a government official, I'm sorry I was occupied with the guy who runs the world's largest country. I would much rather talk to you and thank you. What was he thanking you for? By the way, before the answer to that question even comes out, I just want to reinforce what Tucker Carlson has done at the tail end of this conversation. I'm not trying to overly praise Tucker. I I didn't talk about him and what he said on his TV show every single day on this show for anyone just tuning in and thinking I I love. But this is this is brilliant the way that this is done. I can't deny that. Uh, Why was it so important to apologize for you to not making the time uh, for you uh, while I'm at this event with someone who's obviously very important in the world of politics? Uh, Here's the answer. Well, uh, you know, first of all, it's a lovely letter and it was, <laughs> it's quite enthusiastic. It's a little weird though, right? Yeah. Well, it was, it, listen, it was, it was kind of the beginning of our partnership and he was thanking me and thanking Hunter, I think at the end of the day for bringing this idea of this government regulatory strategic advisory business into the private equity world. And I think he was excited about the prospects for Hunter and, um, you know, he was, uh, just just thanking me. I think it was a nice gesture. So this is, again, a person, our president, who said again and again and again, every single time he could, that he never spoke uh, to his son about any business dealings, nothing that Hunter was up to. And yet he's sending letters to the business partner of uh, Hunter Biden and actually addressing it to the correct business, the one that they share together and saying he was so disappointed he didn't have a chance to talk to him, direct, even without Hunter there. If they were together, as the end of the message kind of alludes to, uh, then maybe he would have spoken to both of them at the same time. But how, how odd is that, uh, that again, someone who's never had a single conversation ever with his son about any of the business dealings, uh, and that's, that's not a, a fake thing. That letter is not manufactured. It's not Republican, you know, um, um, craziness that's been uh, put out there to try to show something that's not there. All the conspiracy theories that exist on the left about these sort of things are as ridiculous at times as the ones that you yell about, that you hear from the right. He sent a personalized letter to the business partner of his son and claims publicly he's never uh, asked any questions about those situations. Like, that, come on. There's a certain point where you do say, I know I still don't have the receipts I want, but I have a pretty decent expectation for what those receipts look like. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about, but I also found a lot of what I think is silly audio uh, or fun audio to play today. Uh, so I got this. Uh, this is a couple different people in Brooklyn uh, reacting to the fact that there are now like robots that are cleaning uh, part of the um, city, part of the area. Uh, I think they're from Cornell Tech, uh, a college in downtown Brooklyn. And so they're just they're trash bots <laughs> is what they're calling them, which sounds like an insult, by the way. Uh, I feel like you could definitely call a friend a trash bot and that might sting a bit. Um, but they also have cameras on them. And so people are worried about why that part 
and if it's to just look for trash or if they're spying, all those kind of things. Uh, but as I said, here are two people uh, in New York, one that sounds like she born and raised in Brooklyn. Uh, the other one is a student at another local school, uh, but both talking about the the oddness of interacting with these. The first time they, one rolled up to me, I was on my phone playing a game, and I just kind of like turned and was like, where did this come from, and why is there a camera on it? We don't really come in with any assumptions. We are more interested in if we envision a future where every object that people interact with on a daily basis can be automated, how would people accept and adapt to such future? How would people accept and adapt to a future where everything is automated, where there's a bunch of robots uh, driving around behind you? You know what's funny, actually? Uh, whenever I go to the grocery store, and there's a few grocery stores that have it, and the robot winds up right behind me, it feels uncomfortable. And I don't know why. The, the shelving robot, the one that's looking at all the different you know, items, I don't know what it's called. It looks friendly. It's got a name, uh, again, all that stuff. But it's just like when it pops up behind you, you're like, did I do, did I do something wrong? Is there someone who hit a button that told this robot to follow me around the store? I don't know. I, I want to know. I am curious. Uh, but I think that's a similar experience they're saying they're having in Brooklyn as far as just on the street with the track bots uh, that are out there. Uh, other stuff I saw uh, that I thought was kind of uh, lighter and interesting. Uh, can people just not take a joke anymore is a simple question. 35% of Americans say, yeah, uh, people do not take jokes well. Uh, 22% think the real problem is people uh, just make fun of things in a way that they shouldn't. Of course, uh, that's part of the problem, according to some. And then 31% think that both are true. They think the jokes are meaner, and they also think that people can't take the meaner jokes. I, I think a part of this, to me, this is just a guess. Uh, it's not um, um, for sure something that's even really referenced in here. But I wonder if a lot of these jokes are not made in person anymore. I wonder if they're made on social media or made via text or made some other way where, like, you can add context differently if you want to. And I know there's a lot of uh, other reasons that people uh, police each other or think they can and, you know, cancel culture and all that stuff. Uh, but I wonder if, if a good part of this is also the lack of human interaction. Uh, but a lot of people think that other people cannot take jokes. And you even see this in, like, comedy clubs uh, where people uh, feel that, some joke went too far, and they get mad, and they were throwing stuff at people. And now I guess we have people throwing things at, at you know, singers and performers too. Uh, but it is interesting to think about, and I definitely believe that a whole lot more people are a whole lot less likely uh, to just let something roll off of them. Uh, that even just like caring about – I'll say it this way, and then I'll move on. Even just caring about other people's opinions, and I'm mostly talking to younger generations – I'm a millennial. I think Gen Z is definitely in this camp much more than Gen X or the baby boomer. Caring about other people's opinions seems to be of the utmost importance. And I think it's probably why so much woke type of stuff happens and so many conversations are discussed the way they are is this obsession to make sure that you uh, don't make anybody upset at all, even if you did it unintentionally, even if you did it acting like a regular human and saying something that you have no you know, uh, other intention behind. Uh, it's something that people seem to be afraid of. And the opposite, you also expect everyone to care about every single thing uh, that you say uh, may make you upset. And uh, that's a, it's a weird world that we're in right now. All right, I'll move on. Uh, the other thing that I saw out there that I thought was interesting is the five words you should never use on a resume or any sort of like online LinkedIn type thing in a, in a work world. Uh, these are the five words you should never say are something that describes you as a professional. You are not world-class. Apparently, that's too far. Uh, responsible for, don't put that in as far as the duties you had as assigned. Uh, don't put motivated 
Uh, don't describe yourself as a motivated person because that feels like a nothing word, according to the expert that's written this. Uh, don't describe yourself as creative. I uh, use a more creative word to demonstrate that creativity. And then finally, uh, do not anywhere at any point put guru on any of the things that you describe yourself as. You are not a guru of stuff. Uh, that is an overused word as well. I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with it. I don't know if I care. Um, you know, when someone sends you an application, a resume, anything like that, and you read through it, I think you're looking beyond the buzzwords that people choose anyway. So the buzzwords don't make me mad. But Inc.com is the place that said this is not a great move. Uh, they have some other ones, too. Uh, don't describe yourself as passionate, dynamic, unique, results-oriented, or driven. Essentially, don't use any words you heard at any point if you were ever, like, in a conversation with someone trying to sell you something. Uh, don't use any of those uh, business buzzwords. Uh, they are not good. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, I'm not I, – I don't – I think that uh, – yeah, it's probably not even worth discussing. But I think some people that use these words might actually be these things, and it, it might still benefit you to know it. Uh, but anyway, I get why it's, it's thought of as crap. Uh, one other thing, and I, I just thought this was interesting. Uh, I wanted to play this too. Uh, this is a woman that ordered food and also has a baby. So the food was to be delivered to her house. I think DoorDash is the people that delivered it. Uh, she said she put in the unique um, um, directions that you just ring the doorbell or you don't ring the doorbell. You just knock on the door and then you leave the food on the porch because she's got a kid. She's doing a bottle. She's doing her stuff. Uh, please don't you know, make me come outside. And the reason I love this so much and, and I want to play the audio for you is because the DoorDasher took a photo of her uh, while handing her the food. you got to prove that you drop off food when you, you work in that world. And she said the photo was about as embarrassing as she expected it to be. She sees a mom caring for a kid. And so she said the DoorDasher did her dirty. And then she actually compared Jersey Mike's to Jimmy John's, and that's probably my favorite part of this. But here, I love this audio. It also went viral online. So I go to make a bottle thinking he'll just ring the doorbell and leave it on the porch. No. I finished making his bottle. Walker's being fussy. I'm making a bottle, and he's still ringing the doorbell. I'm like, <laughs> this man has to leave it on my porch. Like, the instructions said that. He's so nice. So nice man. Nicest man ever. So <laughs> I'm not hating on him. He was so nice. but I love the fact that she says how nice the man was, by the way. Continue. You don't think it can get worse, right? No. Like, this Dasher man just did me so dirty. Not only does he wake <laughs> up my baby, make uh -huh. me make a bottle sooner than I was planning on uh -huh. it. So I didn't have, like, anything ready. So it took how me longer to make the bottle. He sat and ringed my doorbell for, like, four minutes straight. And then he snipes me with this photo. <laughs> I had no idea who was taking a picture. He was like this. Uh, by the way, the photo is about as disheveled as you expect somebody to be who's caring for a baby alone. Uh, it reminds me um, of whenever I was asked to, like, care for a niece or nephew, and then they left me alone for a day or a few hours. Uh, they came back, and, like, I was I was destroyed as, as a person because uh, things go haywire very quickly. But I love it. I love every part of it that she's upset about the sniping. And then because it's in here, I do want to play the comparison between Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike. Anyway, I'm not mad. I just thought it was funny, and I would share it with you guys. Also, I used to be a Jimmy John's diehard. The only thing Jimmy John's has on Jersey Mike's is how, is how clean their sandwiches are, as in like clean to eat. Like, uh -huh. this is I could eat Jimmy John's anywhere on yep. the go, holding water. This accurate. thing, no, takes full focus because <laughs> it drips, but it's so good. It's messy. Uh, the Jersey Mike sub, because uh, it's got uh, way more um, oil and vinegar on it, is much much messier, but it's way better. It's just a way better sandwich for sure. Uh, but you definitely have to lock in and focus. So I agree with her there too. But I loved all that. Uh, I don't know why uh, these are the things that I'm finding today, but, um, well, here we are. Uh, we'll throw it to Julia. She'll do some news. After the news, I'll get back to serious stuff of my own.
1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I do this uh, every single day. I talk to my wife on the radio. I even should start taking, like, questions from listeners uh, that want me to ask you stuff or you uh, get to ask me stuff. Maybe we do, like, a question a day along with the word of the day. Uh, but, Betty, uh, you are here uh, for your Spanish word of the day. Uh, you teach people Spanish one word at a time. Uh, before you do that, I, I annoy you a little bit with some other questions, some other things. How was your day today? How was everything going? Good, Craig. I good? got I got busy, but but good. You so got far, good. So okay. Good. Did yeah. you finish all your work? No, no, okay. no. You got more work to do tomorrow. Yes. You work very hard though, and you work very fast. You'll probably have it all done at some point tomorrow. Hopefully. Okay. There we go. Uh, I want to play audio for you. Um, I, I should tell everybody you love a certain age of baby. You love a certain age. of Anywhere we see a baby of a certain age, and I'll describe what I mean in a second, You, it's like melts Betty's little heart, uh, and you're small. That's why I call you little. Um, but it's a baby that just learned how to walk, which is like, what, one and a half years old, something like that. I don't know how old. Two? It could be earlier. It could be like okay. 12, 12 or like 11 months. months yeah. Yes. Okay. But as soon as, like, when they're stumbling, when they can kind of walk yeah, but kind of can't walk. Yeah, that moment is magical. I don't know. It's <laughs> you just, love it. Yeah, it's, it's right. pretty cool. And if you see a baby out in public that's, like, trying to walk with mom and they're holding a the hand but yeah. they're struggling a little bit and maybe running a little, <laughs> yeah. like, this makes you they're very happy. They're trying to figure okay. it out, yeah. And I know that uh, babies go from not mobile to mobile very quickly. Yes. They go from they're pretty much predictable to where they are to if you turn your back to for a second. Like a speedy speedy is you got to be aware of okay. them. So this went viral. This was a mom complaining that she fell asleep with her two children. Uh, one of them seems to be a toddler. And when she woke up, the toddler was totally missing, completely disappeared. She didn't know where That's the toddler scary. went. And yeah. here's what she said happened. I had to run out of my front door because I woke up and this little boy was not here. He was not in the house. He was not in the basement. He was not in the front yard or backyard. He was not around the block. This little boy woke up, put his shoes on, woke up from our nap. I was asleep on that floor. Woke up from our nap, put his shoes on, and walked to McDonald's. Now, I'm not going <laughs> to disclose how far or close that is because it's kind of giving away my location. That's okay. But rather... That does not matter. He woke up, what? put his shoes on, and left out of the front door. It's not funny, but it's hilarious because his fat ass went to McDonald's. <laughs> Took a oh shot at her, little, her toddler kid. Yeah. But he, he learned a thing. He learned a thing probably because he's walked to McDonald's with mom before. Yes. So mom was asleep. His sister was asleep. His two, three-year-old sister was asleep. Uh, and so he put his shoes on, walked out the door, and then a cop got him at McDonald's because he got there and he's a toddler. And so the cop arrives. Uh, the mom is chasing down the street. So nobody actually even gets the mom. Uh, apparently, she runs right up right after the police officer helps out. But that that has to be a crazy moment. And I'm sure there's people that will have uh, opinions about uh, the, the you know, uh, parenting skills there of that mom. Uh, but I just thought it was so funny because it's, it's such that perfect baby age for you uh, where you would think that that was adorable and also terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying, Craig. Actually, now that you mentioned this story, I read something uh, not similar, well, kind of. He was like a five-year-old or a six, I don't remember exactly, mm -hmm. like who drove uh, their parents' car when they oh, went yeah, to work. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You yes, saw, I uh, saw you, one of those. Yes, and yeah. uh, then guy, nothing happened Everybody's to the fine. kid. Yes. But he he wanted to drive to the Ferrari store to mm -hmm. get his Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was very funny but also pretty scary for, actually, the, for his parents. By the way, if we're going to do a segment, uh, like a kid segment for just a second before we jump on and do uh, your Spanish word of the day, I had someone uh, send me a photo uh, the other day. Uh, that said I should talk about it on the radio. Uh, her name is Melissa. Yeah. Uh, she texted me. You can text me. 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464. A little girl uh, uh, that I guess lives next door to Melissa 
uh, the listener, and said, we're going to build our Barbie dream house. This was a note she stuck to the, to the neighbor's door. Uh, <laughs> if you guys can just move out, if that's okay, thank you. It's going to be on Thursday. So tomorrow <laughs> uh, we're building our Barbie dream house, and we probably need to use your house to do it. Probably. Uh, and I love how she signed it, like uh, love, a uh, warm hugs, and then the name of the little kid. <laughs> and but get, get out. out of my <laughs> <laughs> Get but, out of my area. Yeah, but where yeah. Dad said we're doing a Barbie dream house. Yes. I don't think it's going to be in my backyard. I assume it's my yeah, next door neighbor. Yeah. So it's your house. <laughs> so get out. <laughs> I love that. Uh, she's not moving, by the way. Melissa said that that's not, yeah, not going to intimidate not her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's another silly thing out there in the world of kids. Um, uh, what is the Spanish word of the day? What do you got for today? Oh, actually, um, I was thinking about Julia when you guys were chatting a little bit mm-hmm. um, before this yep. segment. Um I I have this Spanish word. I mean, it is not for guys, but uh, oh, you can always learn. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to buy stuff for your wife. Yeah, it could be related to. <laughs> All right. Uh, the word of the day in, in Spanish is uh, maquillaje. Maquillaje. That is a very hard <laughs> word to say. And you were laughing at me a lot. Maquillaje. It's just like I, I see your eyes super like. Oh, yeah. Brian Big trying to pay attention. Maquillaje. 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 I think I'm getting it. I yes. think I'm getting it. Okay, what, is it, what does that word mean? Makeup. Oh, it's makeup. Yes. Maquillaje. Maquillaje. Got it. So Julia, need... she does like a pretty cool she makeup. Does. She does tutorials and stuff. Tutorials. On her social yes, media pages. Yes, yes, yes. so you can check those out. Yes. And I, I think there's even ways to buy some of that makeup. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's very look, cool. Looking very pretty. Yes, and you, you love those videos, and you tell me about those. Maquillaje. Maquillaje. Okay, for all Thank the ladies so out there. Yes. The, oh, by maybe the way. Maybe you can get some maquillaje for the wife. By the way, I can't remember the celebrity. Great. Maybe. Okay. Is that what this whole segment is? <laughs> no, just a hint? I'm just kidding. Is that all that was? No, no, no. You no. want me to stop at the store on no, the way no, home? No, no, you, you, What kind of maquillaje does my wife no, need? No, that's fine. I'm just teasing what, you, what, what is she most it, in need that of? That was a tease. Okay. That was... <laughs> Continue with your, with your story. Okay. I'm sorry. There was some celebrity that went outside without makeup, and they, like, they, every they time that happens. No, they, they, like, praise people on social media now when they do that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been, like, a very, like, um, there is something going on, like, uh, in, in YouTube, because, uh, mm-hmm. like, a lot of social media they do all kind of filters and, and like makeup and maquillaje and, and yep. yep. is the number one. Like uh, uh, so, whenever so somebody d- goes without makeup, people attack and react. Like yeah. you should uh, use makeup or whatever. So, right. but it also, I think, the point of it is to show that like the thing you think is real isn't real, and so some people who who try to look like the people they see that are the influencers. Well, I I really like a pretty cool uh, expression or like. A, like a phrase mm-hmm. for a famous uh, makeup artist. Okay. He, he said it is, it, is, it is a form of expression. So I, I relate to that. It's creativity yeah. in, you love in creativity. some way. Yes. Yeah, so I... But you don't have crazy makeup. No, Your makeup no, no. is very normal. I, yes, I can't yes. even tell you're wearing it yes. most of the time. I used to try harder when I was in my 20s. That's not trying. No, I, didn't, didn't my, I don't want you to feel... Your makeup's very nice. You're very lovely. You, I just can't tell you're I wearing it. I love natural makeup. Yeah, like, right. Like you barely see yeah. it. So, yeah. But when you say on the radio and people can't see you that makeup is art, I think they're picturing you with a lot of art <laughs> yes. on your face. 
No, I mean, <laughs> it's not, it's not, she doesn't go it's crazy. It's like sometimes you go to social media and yeah. you see these videos and of like the people doing uh, a lot girls of stuff. adding like seven layers of different makeup mm-hmm. and, and the you giant are like, ah, uh, no. Yeah, the giant fingernails. <laughs> um, like two or three layers of makeup and right. that's it. And sometimes two and that's yeah. it. Whenever you see the giant, huge, fake yeah, uh, fingernail long thing. Nails. And I will always remember the woman in, I think, St. Louis uh, who was working at an Apple store who helped me get a new battery for my phone that I wanted to keep. Yeah, I remember um, you told And me. she had a nail like it was so long. So long. It, it seemed like a yeah. weapon. And yet she could use the um, iPad just fine. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I'm very confused. All right. Thank you, Betty. As always, maquillaje, the word of the day. Maquillaje. I nailed it. Quick break, a lot more. <laughs> 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I know this is not a sports show. I know that um, there are probably some that listen that don't really care much at all about, or especially not baseball. But I love baseball. And so uh, humor me for a couple minutes. Uh, Angel Hernandez is the name of an umpire, and he is terrible. At his job, he's real bad. Like, he's so bad, uh, he's almost as bad as our president at his job, or at least just public speaking or getting off of stages. Uh, These are things that Biden doesn't do well. Uh, There was a call the other day, and I saw this, and I thought about talking about it yesterday, and now here we are. Uh, But he he called a runner safe trying to steal a base that was so incredibly out that the replays were hilarious, and even the – the crews doing the play-by-play, uh, doing the broadcast, didn't criticize it as much as I, I wish they had. Uh, but the reason I, I bring this up, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this at all, is I loved so many of the social media reactions to it. Uh, people saying that they, um, you know, because um, Angel was just on vacation and he just got back and it's like he's never left. Uh, they don't know if they tried to hide him for a bit uh, to try to make him better. How did he miss that were some of the questions on there. But people just uh, going crazy. Uh, and uh, enjoying the fact that Angel is terrible at his job. Uh, one person even pretending that MLB was uh, already, um, you know, mass calling Angel Hernandez, asking him to quit. I don't know how you could be that bad uh, in the world of umpiring. Uh, but I do know uh, just quickly that stuff like this is probably why eventually we'll have robots uh, doing all these things. Because you got a challenge and then you got to wait and the whole game slows down. And then eventually you figure out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Angel was pretty much the only guy in that stadium uh, that thought that that player was safe. Everybody else knew he was out. Uh, But it is amazing. And I know it's radio. uh, So now I can't show you the call. And as I said, the audio is not as good as I want it to be. Uh, But it was egregious and it was very entertaining, wildly entertaining. uh, The people seem to just enjoy that. And that's that's something that's new. Uh, This last thing I'll say and then I'll move on. A new in the world of sports is a terrible, terrible call usually is challenged uh, in most things now. So we just uh, enjoy them. Uh, There was a time where we really hated them, and there are still some things that don't get challenged or can't, and people get mad. But for the most part, uh, terrible um, uh, decision-making by human beings that are then replayed by uh, computers and replayed by cameras are are just amusing. Uh, We just uh, find it as a very different thing. I think that's weird in the world of sports, too, that it's almost like, ah, who cares if you're not good at your job? Somebody will review it, and they'll get the call right eventually. Uh, other things out there that I thought were interesting, uh, a customer said that they were kept waiting uh, for food at a fast food restaurant um, because the people that were working at the restaurant were making out behind the counter. So you're standing there, you give your order, and then I guess the people go behind, and there's only two people working at whatever this place was, and you can see them uh, being romantic with each other and not making any of your food. Uh, what would you do in that situation? 
309-340-4464 is the phone number if you want to text me. 309-340-4464. This woman pretty much just said uh, that she was hungry and waiting. Uh, she didn't anywhere near as much as I thought she would, like, get up and, and complain at all. And I think I have uh, the audio of that, and we can play it for just a, a quick second. It's not it's not great. She's just kind of puzzled at what she's seeing. Uh, but, again, uh, what would you do if you saw this? I think I might just leave I might just go get food somewhere else because I don't know what else they're doing there. I see teaching as a very... No, no, no. That's something totally different. I'll get to that in a second. So that's not the audio we wanted to play. Uh, so it looks like that audio has walked away from me. But she pretty much just goes, um, uh, you know, uh, hi, I'm hungry. I'm waiting here. Can you please come get me? And that's that's it. That's all that happens. And then you just wait. Uh, but again, I probably I wouldn't do that. I think that if they're having that kind of moment, you don't want whatever's in that food. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about today... Uh, and I don't know exactly how to discuss this, uh, but it's these accusations against Lizzo uh, from some of her dancers. So Lizzo, if you don't know who that is, is a singer. Uh, she's uh, proud of uh, herself and um, the way she looks. And she says she's uh, someone that's trying to do a lot of, I, I think, good in the world for body image uh, because she's, she's a bigger um, uh, person uh, than some people who are typically famous. And I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so for the most part, Lizzo has been thought of as someone who's very outgoing, very vocal. I know my wife thinks she's she's funny in some of the stuff she says, but also uh, someone that's supposed to be like a good person uh, or, or someone that has good intentions. Um, and yet the thing she's accused of doing with her her dancers and some of the people who wound up quitting uh, that were part of her latest tour is insane. Uh, there were two people that came forward, uh, Ariana Davis, 24 years old, and Crystal Williams, 26 years old, uh, that said that Lizzo essentially took them out to a adult club. And then while they were there, um, made them do what these two women thought were pretty embarrassing things. Uh, one of those embarrassing things even involved some of the the people, the strippers or, or you know, human beings who are not wearing any clothing. And, uh, other things. I, I don't know what I should say and what I shouldn't say. I heard um, Van Camp and Robbins talking about this today. Uh, Mark Lee is out. I wonder how he would have handled it. Uh, but essentially, there was like a banana. And it's really degrading. It's really awful stuff. So it's certainly not someone that seems to be pro-people or pro-anything uh, in the world of Lizzo. And you know what it made me think of? And this is not specific to these accusations and what they're saying the really terrible things that that people were asked to do. And, you know, a lot of it is uh, probably uh, somehow definitely going to be like if they can prove it um, illegal. Uh, I, w I would think that there's a lot of sexual harassment within all this. Uh, but the thing it made me think of is how any celebrity name, the celebrity name, the person you might think they're genuinely a good person because how they're shaped through media, how uh, people believe them to be. And yet there's probably a crap ton of individuals uh, who behind closed doors, especially when they become famous, uh, wind up being way, way worse humans uh, than anyone seems to see. That. And I remember Ellen was one that got talked about a lot and how people loved her and thought she was so nice when they watched her TV show. And behind the scenes, she was a horrible person, or at least that's what uh, people said about her. Uh, I also remember uh, when I was a little kid finding out some stuff about how, how tough Michael Jordan was or some of the other things Michael Jordan did and being disappointed that he wasn't like a perfect human uh, too. And it actually it made me think of, of one other thing. And it's not an excuse. Uh, it shouldn't be thought of as one. But I remember Bill Murray is pretty famous for a quote he had. But I think he gave this in an interview right after he became ridiculously famous. Um, and he said there's a, there's a time period of fame 
where you're going to be a jerk no matter what. You're just becoming famous. Your, you know, life is changing. You walk place, walk into places. People notice you. Uh, you can't help it. You buy into your own hype, I think is another way to say it, uh, by today's uh, standard. And so you're going to be crappy to the people around you. And uh, Bill Murray said that it's, it's only going to last for a little bit of time. And if you come back from it, if you return to a normal person after like six months, a year, I think he said two years, then you're fine. Then you stay a humble, normal person who's now famous for the rest of your fame. If you don't come back, you never come back. You just become a totally different crappy person for the rest of the time that you're, you know, a human being that people know the name of or face of or whatever. And I think that's pretty interesting because, uh, again, it's two different uh, dancers that both came forward and both said that they were uh, body shamed, uh, forced to participate in activities they didn't want to participate in, uh, even uh, religious uh, things are mentioned there. So a lot of really, really negative uh, things being said about some of the people who worked very closely uh, with someone that I think was thought of as a as a positive influence on a, on a lot of people. I, I don't have much of an opinion of her, so I'm sorry if I'm saying something you do or don't agree with. I don't know her uh, very much. I just know my wife likes her music and and like some of the other things she's seen of Lizzo on social media, uh, this would definitely not be one of those things. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Now, after the break, the top five uh, stories of the day, which is the five biggest stories, according to me. Uh, and then also good story, bad story coming up in about 25 minutes. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's time for the top five at five. These are the five biggest news stories, according to me. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. Uh, in no particular order, by the way, I go through these stories. Um, one of the biggest ones to me, of course, is probably one of the biggest ones uh, you can expect to be here in the Top 5 at 5. So I will start with that one. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean that I think it's more important than the other stuff. Uh, the uh, former president was um, indicted yesterday on four different counts. Uh, these are, are all related to uh, January 6th or to uh, an accusation uh, that he tried to refuse to turn over power um, after he lost the 2020 election. Uh, I read the entire indictment, and so there's a bunch of audio. There's there's crazy takes out there. Uh, there's people comparing uh, this to, like, World War One and World War Two and all kinds of other things. Uh, there's genuinely, like, a, a crap ton of insane takes. And so uh, I don't really know if I'll play any of them. I even have the view. All right, fine. We'll, we'll play the view, I guess, and then we'll leave it there. Here is what the view said about this and, and their opinion on what it is. Four counts, pretty strong counts. Two of the counts, I think, are the strongest ones because they involve Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. And we know Mike Pence is going to testify, and he is not going to lie. No. He'll feel like he's going to go to hell if he lies. Yeah. He's evangelical. <laughs> right? So he's not going to lie. So uh, he's going to take that very seriously. That feels weird, by the way, to almost make fun of religion uh, in that regard. But, yeah, no, uh, Mike Pence is, is mentioned in there. And one of the biggest, probably, headline things that just immediately got plucked out yesterday is that Mike Pence was told he's too honest uh, by the former president at one point. Now, that sounds as though, uh, and at least this is the intention, I think, of the audio itself, to make you believe that the president, uh, the former president, basically admitted uh, that he was lying about election fraud and that he knew that he lost or that he believed, because knew is hard. There's a lot of people who still believe uh, the 2020 election was not on the up and up, and I'm not here to argue with you as to whether or not the election was was legitimate, and that's not something they're really going to fight in court either. Uh, that's that's not going to be the heart of the um, the discussion. It's just whether or not Trump believes the thing uh, that Trump has been saying for the last few uh, years. 
Uh, that that truly because if he if he believes it, then none of the things he's doing are malicious. None of the things he's doing are are with a bad intention. And so then they can all make sense and they don't wind up causing him any sort of legal jeopardy. Uh, you don't have to believe that to be true. That's what a lot of the experts have said uh, in this world. Uh, but I just find that fascinating. So it, it essentially comes down to one question and I can phrase it a certain way. And it might make you mad. It might not. If I say it this way, uh, Trump's arrogance or at least his belief in himself would be the kinder way to say it about him because he was told I read the whole indictment, as I said, by a lot of different people, all uh, people in the government that he probably didn't trust, uh, that the election was not stolen, was not fraudulent, that many of the accusations, the specific uh, challenges he was throwing out there, he was told by officials uh, close to him from a federal level, officials uh, at a um, more state level in some of these calls that he made again and again and again that this wasn't true. Uh, this dump of, of information wasn't true. Uh, they pointed to court cases. But did Trump continue to believe something else? If he did and if uh, they can demonstrate that he did, then he is guilty of nothing, at least in uh, this case. And so one other thing I'll play, and I know it's top five of five, so I should move on to other things, is Trump's lawyer. Uh, who did a round, uh, went a lot of places, uh, popped up with Gail King, and has said that, that essentially it's, it's sort of a two-pronged approach. Uh, you know what they're going to defend themselves with. Uh, the first one being that Trump does believe uh, that the 2020 election was stolen and is fraudulent. And then also this. In, in the indictment where it says uh, that Donald Trump said to Mike Pence at one point, you're just too honest. What does he mean by that? Well, we don't even know what the circumstances were of that conversation. We have no idea of the context. But what, what we do know is everything that President Trump did was with the advice of lawyers and counsel. That's an absolute defense to a criminal case. Now, you may disagree about policy or disagree whether or not he made the right decision. But this is the first time that political speech has been criminalized and they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he had corrupt intent, which they'll never do. Yeah, they, they will very much struggle to do uh, that. He had criminal intent because, again, uh, the former president has been very consistent and still is consistent about his message uh, that he believes the uh, 2020 election uh, was not on the up and up. And actually, even some of the ways that other people uh, tried to make that argument or even this lawyer and some of the other interviews he did, I thought it was uh, pretty fascinating. And there, there's one other thing I said I was going to move on, and yet I can't, uh, that I kind of want to play in relation to this. And it was 2019, I think, when Hillary Clinton was doing a few different interviews. I think one was with ABC. Uh, one was on The View. Uh, she did some you know, news ones, too. And she kept calling. Uh, CBS, I think, is another one I'm thinking of. Uh, Trump, an illegitimate president. She kept saying it as late as 2019, I think even early 2020. Uh, there might have been some sort of uh, op-ed out there uh, somewhere uh, where she said that he benefited from uh, essentially uh, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. That was all proven to be inaccurate. And so, no, uh, an event similar to January 6th did not happen uh, with what Hillary Clinton was saying. But if they try to say that the real illegal thing that Trump did was believe that an election was fraudulent, that they believe uh, was proven to not be fraudulent. And I don't believe uh, was you know significant enough to have been a stolen election. Uh, then how do they not go after anyone else? And if you think I'm just making that up, that whataboutism isn't real, uh, I went back and I found the audio so we can play the audio of Hillary Clinton uh, saying that Trump was not a legitimate president in 2019. Uh, so not just right after she lost the election, held on to this belief for a while. A new two-month-old grandson has been a gift beyond measure. I feel very blessed. I feel good. But I can't deny that 
a big part of me cares deeply about what's happening in the country and what I fear is the damage that's being done to our future, the damage being done to our values, our institutions, uh -huh. and try to think of ways that I can help those who are on the front lines of the fight. Your name doesn't come up much mm -hmm. on any campaign. <laughs> All right, fine. You know what? That's not even the right part of the, the um, uh, audio here. I, I don't know why this is jumping so far For ahead. a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did, and I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should, but Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. And so wow. I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day. And History will probably sort it all out. So, so that's 2019 Hillary Clinton. Uh, I know that he knows that it's not all on the level, and he won in 2016, and it wasn't fair. And she said that a lot of places. As I said, that's the CBS audio uh, that I guess I grabbed too much of. Uh, but this also happened on The View. This happened on NBC. This happened pretty much everywhere uh, where she said that he was illegitimate and a lot of other um, uh, politicians, including our current president, uh, said that Trump was an illegitimate president. This move has been made before, and if you forget about it, if you ignore it, uh, then you think that Trump is this horrible, terrible person who does stuff that no politician has ever done in the history of politics. And, well, uh, the proof is in some of those demonstrations. All right. I've only done one topic. I, I meant to do five. Uh, a couple other quick ones. We're going to rapid fire these. Uh, Tucker Carlson sat down with Devin Archer. Uh, that is the former business partner of Hunter Biden. And some of the things that were said were amazing. And I will also say just the idea that Tucker's the one who got this interview, wildly impressive uh, for someone that you can hate him, you can like him, it doesn't matter, uh, is building a name for himself. Well, not that he doesn't have a name, but building a new platform for himself is a better way to say it on Twitter, or maybe he's going to make a website of some kind. Uh, for him to score this interview is huge uh, and probably going to uh, lead to a whole lot of, of uh, success, at least on this uh, certain uh, episode uh, that he put up on Twitter, I think today is just a part one. Here's some of the bigger things that Devin Archer said. So how many, um, it's been reported and you have said that there were occasions when uh, Joe Biden would call in with clients present on a speaker phone. Right. How, how many times do you think that happened? I mean, over a 10-year partnership, I would, um, you know, the number I'm going with is 20. That's probably the, the, the amount that I so kind of record. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, at least two times a year where we're doing business deals and we get a phone call and we jump on speakerphone uh, with the then vice president of the United States. That feels like way more than once or twice. Uh, also, uh, this moment was pretty interesting. Hunter and his brother were very close to their dad. Absolutely. Um, which I think is great. Yep. Um, I've got a lot of kids. I'm very close to them. Talk to them every day. Yeah. Never called them on speaker during a business meeting. That's weird. Hmm. You've got a lot of kids. <laughs> You're close to them. Do you call Silence them on speaker during business meetings? Um, do I call? <laughs> do you? I mean, what is that? A grown man calling his dad on a speakerphone during a business right. meeting? Right. And to be clear, sometimes it was the call was coming in and the speaker would go on. So it was. It's just the presence. You have to be. I mean, you're. You, you understand DC, right? So the power to have that access and that conversation, and it's not in a scheduled conference call and it's a part of your family, that's, that's like the pinnacle of, uh, of power in DC. A hundred percent. I guess I'm pivoting against the lie that I'm hearing people tell with a straight face. Congressman Goldman, for example, that we don't really know what was going on. Really? 
you're taking a call from the vice president and you put it on speaker. It's not just, hey, dad, I'm in a meeting with some buddies. Uh-huh. Right. It's let me, let me put my dad, the vice president, on speaker. Yeah. Yep. In the, in the rear view, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. An abuse of soft power. Um, interesting. I love, I love the way that Tucker ended that uh, by repeating that and then just saying interesting and looking down at his notes and continuing because uh, it's definitely very different than just an abuse of soft power. It's a demonstration of the power you're trying to sell to someone else or at least an attempted demonstration of that, uh, which feels like exactly the thing uh, they're accusing the Biden family of. And how do you call in 20 times over a 10-year period to business um, conversations, plus actually meet people and interact with people and do all of that without having any idea what's going on in the world of Hunter Biden and his business. That that sounds more and more insane as this stuff comes out. And I know people will trust, distrust it. They'll uh, say that this uh, Devin Archer guy is a liar who's making up a bunch of lies. How is that any different from all the times that people on the other side of the aisle uh, feel as though Republicans are ignoring proof right in front of their faces. How is it different? I just ask. I wonder. A couple other quick things. Running out of time. Want to actually do a five. Uh, Ron DeSantis invited uh, the vice president to sit down and have a conversation about the law in Florida, uh, the law that discusses um, a lot of things in the world of our history and the the brutality of slavery and also a, a very debated sentence in it. Uh, within that curriculum that is much, much longer than any one sentence uh, that says that um, people who were slaves, I don't think the word benefited uh, is exactly the way that it's phrased, um, but but they uh, utilized the things they, they learned as, as slaves uh, when they were freed. And so uh, the vice president has called that uh, trying to spin the truth and try to turn slavery into something that benefited people, uh, which is crazy and insane and not what DeSantis believes it to be. But I thought was interesting is that she has outright rejected uh, a a sit down with Ron DeSantis, with the people in Florida, including a very prominent uh, black doctor um, who helped build this curriculum, who volunteered to do it, Dr. William Allen. So it would have been a roundtable and a bunch of people, not just DeSantis, would have been sitting there and giving their opinion, their information to the vice president. And she said no. She said she refused to do it. And I just thought that was so interesting uh, the more I thought about it, um, you know, last night and this morning, because refusing to sit down and talk is probably the problem it is indeed, I think, actually the problem a vast majority of the time. And so then you have to ask the simple question. If someone is unwilling to sit down, it doesn't have to be in front of the cameras. It can be behind closed doors, but unwilling to hear out the other side, then they desire a problem. Anyone who is unwilling to fix something wants something bad or something that they can shape as bad to be going on. Uh, The people who don't want bad things uh, going on in our world try to fix them when given the opportunity to have those discussions. Another quick one or two with almost no time left on the top five at five. Uh, Fitch has downgraded the U.S.'s uh, long-term credit score or credit rating uh, from a AAA to a AA+. Uh, That is not good. Uh, Janet Yellen, the um, Treasury Secretary, says she doesn't understand this, that her economy is great. Uh, Apparently just saying those words into a microphone uh, doesn't help as much as the uh, Biden administration seems to think it does because uh, it has not changed the grade at all. Uh, The outlook in our economy, I'm not laughing at that part, is not great. Uh, It's it's worse than it it should be. And the reason why is a, a totality of all the things that you and I actually do experience 
uh, that the Bidenomics pitch is not admitting. Uh, they even bragged again today that gas prices are down when gas prices are still way up from what they were just a short few years ago. And then one last thing, and I thought this was interesting, and it kind of ties to some of the other top five at five. Uh, the vice president, uh, former vice president, Mike Pence, has been fairly vocal about uh, the Trump accusations or the, the latest Trump indictment. And one of the things he said is that Trump trusted, these are his words, trusted crackpot lawyers uh, that told him the things he wanted to hear. What's interesting about that is they're saying that Pence will be a big uh, witness to whether or not Trump committed a crime uh, because Pence will be able to demonstrate, at least this is what the, the indictment seems to think, uh, that Trump knew he was lying uh, when he said that the election uh, was fraudulent in 2020. If Trump trusted crackpot lawyers, uh, then he actually may have believed people uh, that Pence obviously didn't think very highly of, uh, which might further demonstrate um, the one easiest uh, um, defense that, that Trump has in all this is that he does believe the things he's saying. And th this feels as though it might be relevant in a courtroom if and when it comes up. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, good story, bad story. That's where we tell you something that hopefully gives you hope uh, that the world's not so bad, and then we go ahead and snatch that away from you uh, because, well, that's, that's a real-life lesson uh, that teaches you more about how the real world actually works. First, uh, let's do uh, the good story, and I do really like this. Uh, an all-girls camp in Georgia is empowering young women, is the um, slant, that the way they're presenting it, uh, to learn how to be firefighters and EMT workers uh, by showing first responder skills and building self-confidence. Uh, the reason I like this story so much is that some people are saying, like, this is this is not what you expect at an all-girls camp. And, you know, why not is essentially the question people are asking. And so, yeah, I think it's cool. I think it would be just fine at any camp uh, for any reason. But let's play a little bit of audio from some of those uh, that are talking about uh, teaching uh, young girls how to be uh, firefighters. Uh, again, a uh, pretty cool story. Here we go. We have less than 15 firefighters on Savannah Fire that are females. So just seeing these girls come out here and be passionate and excited about something that we're all passionate and excited about is amazing. We let the girls actually use fire hose and, and spray water, which is something that not many people get to do. We had a hands-only CPR, so these girls are leaving our camp with the necessary skills that if somebody, God forbid, were to collapse, they know how to initiate CPR. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. I love that story. It's, um, um, you you know, definitely a good story. And it actually reminded me of one other quick thing uh, before I move on to the bad story. I had a buddy in college who was a firefighter, and he loved to invite everybody to a fire like we do a bonfire of some kind. And then at some point, this was a thing he would do. He would disappear, and then he would come back in his fire suit. That I don't know how he had it. And he would, like, move around some of the firewood inside the fire. He was training to be a firefighter. I'm sure that any firefighter listening doesn't think that recreational use of your equipment is a good move, but he would just do it. And he just enjoyed, especially if there were uh, young ladies with us that hadn't seen him do it before, he'd just wander into a fire, uh, interact with it for a few seconds and leave. I don't think you can stay there very long, uh, but this happened several times. Or I was intoxicated and tricked and don't remember it correctly, but I'm pretty sure uh, that's what happened. Uh, but yes, that's a, that's a good story that they're teaching young women how to do this responsibly, probably, uh, not the way my buddy I used to handle his stuff. All right. Uh, the other story out there as far as the bad story goes, and there were a lot of options today, uh, but I'm going to go with this one. Uh, these are two social media influencers. 
uh, that started asking each other um, a question about whether or not they wear certain things when they go to the gym, especially if they're wearing like tighter legging outfit stuff uh, working out. Apparently, they both have the right answer, uh, but some people don't have the right answer. And the reason why is um, a Kardashian. I'll play the audio. Uh, this, to me, is a bad story because I don't understand why anyone would make this move. And then as the two women are, are sort of, you can tell, joking about, uh, it seems like there's other risks at play here. Uh, and I have joked in the show before about all the guys that go viral because uh, uh, a person tapes them looking at somebody and then screaming about looking at somebody. Uh, so guys usually, like, look up into the to the rafters now at, at the gym to not be the, the viral guy getting complained about. Uh, it feels like it'd be more difficult, I imagine, if someone showed up uh, the way they're describing. Do you wear undies with your workout gear? Yes, I had to ask you this too. I know people who don't. I would get thrashed. Oh my God, thank you. I would get thrashed. I I don't understand how that's possible. How many of you wear underwear with your leggings? And if you don't, how do you... I have dreams about forgetting to wear underwear. (laughs) Like nightmares. I don't know if it's because it's an accent and it sounds like they're uh, both Australian that that is more amusing. And also, if that's what her nightmare is, uh, obviously there's uh, some other things that she may not be so afraid of. Uh, but apparently it's all because of Khloe Kardashian and her saying that it's better for you, better for your body uh, to work out a certain way as opposed to another way. And now it's, it's a whole big thing. And I think I even saw a post about it in the New York Post uh, that a lot of women are doing this because of fitness influencers. I think influencers shouldn't tell you how to do anything. I feel like you should check on the advice of any influencer in any situation. It's just me. It could be a... Uh, a PSA for this show is uh, double check uh, and not with another influencer. Get a second opinion, uh, a non-influencer opinion to anything you see out there that goes viral that people tell you to do. Uh, some other things uh, just quickly uh, that I thought were interesting and out there in the world. Uh, Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfeld uh, had very, very good ratings uh, as far as cable ratings go this month. Uh, they're not going to be anywhere near as good as Tucker Carlson and the things he's doing on Twitter. He's uh, dwarfing the ratings of everyone. Uh, but Gutfeld, who uh, hosts The Five and then also hosts his own show, uh, landed in second place in a demo with 252,000 viewers. That's uh, 2564. Uh, that's just behind The Five as far as uh, largest audiences go on cable television. And then actually Jesse Waters' primetime uh, came in second place overall in total viewers, uh, 2.4 million, which is still a, a pretty far cry uh, from how Tucker Carlson was doing on TV, on Fox. Uh, but it is interesting uh, that instead of people, say, going other places, uh, it seems that a, a large amount of the audience just fully went away. And so uh, that was one other thing I've mentioned a couple times in the show, and I just find it interesting, and I probably won't uh, take too much time talking about it here. Uh, the fact that people like Tucker Carlson, once you have enough of a, of a following, can just go uh, put your information, your uh, content, whatever you want to call it, wherever uh, you want it to go, and people will go find you. Uh, They'll go uh, check it out. Um, I don't think that's something that everyone can do to the level of success that it seems Tucker has had so far, Uh, but it is interesting to see and interesting to see uh, that the ratings are are quote-unquote good uh, for Fox, but not because, you know, they've recovered audience, but they're still uh, doing the best out of everyone. They're they're now, you know, uh, running the race Um, better than others around them, but not necessarily better than those that they let go. So it it is interesting to see. Uh, I saw this. A college says that it's overbooked. Uh, A school in Vermont, uh, Middlebury College, is dealing with having too many students enrolled. 
uh, which is a unique challenge. I don't think we're hearing that a lot of other places in the world of education. And so they're offering $10,000 to upperclassmen who will take a year off. Uh, yes, they're going to pay them, not the school, uh, getting paid by the student. If you decide that, you know what, uh, I can go ahead and take a gap year. A spokesperson says the typical, uh, typically they have 2,500 to 2,600 students. Uh, this year they have 2,900 enrolled. So they got to get it down by about 300 students or so. And so 10 grand is easily enough money. Uh, when I was in college, to have taken a year off. That is a super easy uh, decision to be made uh, by me or probably uh, several people. I'll be surprised if a lot of them, uh, maybe not senior year, maybe you want to finish that last year, but if you're a junior, if you're a sophomore, it depends on what you mean by upperclassmen, anything but a freshman, I imagine you definitely take the time and the sweet, sweet cash. I actually often try to take the money when an airline tries to offer us money. And I wonder who else does that. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the phone number to text. 309-340-4464. My wife never wants me to take the money. She always wants us to get on the flight and go to the place we're supposed to go at the time we're supposed to be there so we don't have to rearrange anything else. I always want to take the dollar amount. And I don't even want to negotiate it. When it pops up for like 200 bucks, I want to just say yes and move on. And I know it's usually like, you know, flight stuff. It's not actually cold, hard cash, but there's something about it. So I would easily be one of the people that would say yes to this $10,000 and just not be at school uh, for a year. Uh, but we'll see. I thought it was a pretty interesting story, and it popped up, I think, in Fox and a couple other places. All right. Quick break. Uh, we'll end the show with at least one, maybe two other serious things and then a lot of uh, not as serious things. Uh, but first, um, this just quickly. Uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights is one of my favorite places to go in town. Uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue in Peoria Heights is the address. 1505 East Lake. Uh, the phone number 309-682-9875. 309-682-9875. The reason why I like to go there is, one, it's a, it's a nice bar. Uh, they have food on Tuesday, on Friday, on Saturday. My wife says it's the best tacos in town, and she knows stuff about tacos, so you should try them on their next Taco Tuesday or this weekend. Uh, but then also because they do a lot of things to help people in their own community, uh, they gave a car to a veteran. You heard the story if you were uh, with us a, a month or so ago right here on the show. It was amazing. And actually they did that in just a few days from finding out there was someone in need to figuring out a way to help. Uh, so a lot of the money uh, that they wind up making through the bar actually goes toward those philanthropic things they do. And it's surprising the amount of stuff they do to just help. Uh, so if you go there, if you hang out, if you lose a little bit of money at the gaming machines in the back, at least you can take some solace in knowing that they they do a disproportionate amount of good things uh, with the excess money they're making every month at the VFW in Peoria Heights. Quick break, a lot more in a bit. This is The Craig Collins Show. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show for a little bit more. And then Dave Ramsey takes over next. Uh, you also have, uh, I think, Will will be doing some news at just about 6 o'clock in about 10 minutes. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, there's a study into how uh, fructose, my wife always tells me, like, high fructose corn syrup is bad for me. Uh, she doesn't like that as an ingredient and stuff. 
Uh, there's some other things she doesn't like as an ingredient stuff. Uh, but fructose turns us into, quote, fat hibernating bears. Uh, that's according to a study uh, the World Health Organization uh, also uh, mentioning that the BMI for the person who takes in a lot of fructose is higher than someone else. Uh, but the study linked fructose and obesity and metabolic-related uh, health conditions uh, all together uh, by finding that there was um, different, um, you know, connections uh, that we didn't necessarily believe to be there before, uh, based on a very deep dive, the University of Colorado, a National Institute of Cardiology, a Boston University, a bunch of places uh, did this. Uh, Revolts show that fructose prompts an increased food intake and lowers one's resting energy metabolism. So it's a it's a twofer. You get hungrier, and you're also uh, doing less digesting. So bad things uh, occur in that world. But I, I just didn't uh, – I couldn't get over the headline. And this is in the New York Post, so it might be their own. But um, fat hibernating bears is the description there. Uh, if anybody watches the the viral um, – I can't remember what zoo it is. But there's a zoo that has like a bear week, kind of similar to shark week, where you just watch bears um, on, on a live stream. And a couple buddies of mine, Brian Noonan, uh, who had jumped on this show a bunch of times, loves it, uh, loves just watching uh, bears in nature. I've never really watched it, but it made me think of it right then as I'm talking about it there and wondering, um, you know, if this is uh, the kind of thing that that inspires those other thoughts. If someone is is watching that show or watching that live stream while they're writing the headline to their their study or some of the information they're studying, because it does seem, again, uh, like a, a pretty unique move in that world. All right. Other stuff out there. I thought this was interesting. Uh, someone went viral uh, 20 million views uh, by making a joke about wanting to get a um, kitty ankle monitor uh, that looked like <laughs> I'm already finding this very funny. Uh, it looked like a, a toy, a real toy uh, that you would put as essentially the same kind of ankle monitor that a prisoner would use uh, around your baby. Uh, around your baby's legs so you can track it at all times and it can't get, you know, too far away from you. Now, after the other story I talked about earlier in the show uh, about, um, you know, the kid that disappeared and wound up at a McDonald's and a mom freaked out and, and wound up finding a, uh, her toddler uh, because she had fallen asleep with her kids and the kid got out. Um, this sounds like it might have some value, but a lot of people are very mad. Uh, they feel like it's a terrible lesson to teach a kid. Uh, calling it uh, baby's first ankle monitor, but it's not real from what I understand. Or if it was, it was a gag photo in the first place. This isn't highly available a bunch of places as far as I understand. Um, so I, I don't I don't think that the kid would even really get it. Uh, and actually, it also makes me think of the debate about uh, putting your child on a leash. Uh, people have thought that was terrible. Other people thought it was not so terrible. I don't have kids. Uh, I mention that a lot on this show when I talk about these things, so it's hard for me to totally understand. But I can see the the uh, effectiveness of if you're going a place and you got the you know kid version of leashes as you're walking around. I've never judged any, especially if it's a mom all by themselves. Uh, however, they contain corral. Uh, the children. So I, I don't necessarily think that's bad. And maybe uh, calling it baby's first ankle monitor is a bad move. Maybe you don't want to go that road. Uh, but, you know, having something that tracks your child to me does make sense. So I find uh, certainly an amount of humor uh, there. Uh, some other things out there that I thought were kind of uh, interesting um, and judge this however you want. Uh, let's go that road. Uh, a guy lost his phone. And I guess in losing his phone, this happened in Australia. Uh, he also somehow left it unlocked so someone could see the goals he had. Uh, maybe actually it was his lock screen where he had written and then taken a photo of the things he wanted to achieve 
uh, this year. And this just happened a, a week or two ago. And people are definitely judging this person based on the things on this list. And so these are the things that a guy who uh, probably just wants the phone to go away. Like I, maybe you don't admit that it's your phone. Uh, maybe you just uh, never, ever tell anyone about this, get a new phone and ignore it for the rest of your life. Uh, but one on the list is get jacked and prep uh, for slush cup. I don't know what the slush cup is, but I imagine it's some sort of race. Uh, quit um, quit smoking is on this list. Uh, have a Subaru is also on this list. Uh, high, you know, reaching goal uh, to get a Subaru. Have $25,000 in mountain money. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means in savings or just in money in case you want to bug off to a mountain. Uh, get better at terrain park. Uh, get a good score at another park showdown of some kind. And then here's the one that people are the most mad about out of all the things on the guy's list of stuff he wanted to achieve this year. It says have three girls on my roster, uh, meaning I think three people you're dating in some way, shape or form at the same time. That's goal number seven of his eight goals. And then finally, he has one more. Uh, don't get a Google tan uh, for three months. Uh, use SPF every day. I don't know if that's slang in another country. I'm guessing he means like a farmer's tan. Uh, but a lot of people are judging him uh, for saying that he wanted to date three women at the same time. I don't know if he intended to let them all know about each other. Uh, these are things that, that you can judge too. But it's just like the wish list he had on his lock screen of his phone. So again, I wonder if he just never admits that this is his phone and just lets it go away forever. Because uh, I, I think that some may, especially now that it's it's very viral, and I'm finding it here in the United States, um, you know, uh, just buy a new phone, uh, say it got stolen, do whatever you want to do. Uh, but I would not I would not claim that one. Um, but I ask you the simple question and you can uh, judge however you want. You can say whatever you want. Uh, 309-340-4464. 309-340-4464. You don't know how he wanted to do it, if he wanted to be honest or dishonest about it. But is it bad if a young man wants to date three women at the same time? I'm not saying it's a good dating decision, by the way. That's probably uh, way too much to manage, uh, way too much to handle. I don't know if Will Stevenson, formerly married person, wants to jump in on this. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have definitely gotten me divorced <laughs> if I wanted to do that. Three relationships. Um, it's a goal. He, it's not yeah. saying he's doing it. It's I just know, a goal he has. I know that there are people who do do that sort right. of thing. Yes, but they, you know, they do. whether that's morally or ethically, whatever, that's totally up to you. That right. said, though, yes. it was pretty far down on his list. It was. So it it was seven out of eight. Yeah, yeah, see, he. it must have been, if, if those yes. were from most important goal the least important goal right that he's not going to exactly be upset if he doesn't mm -hmm. date three girls right at once. the only thing that was less important than dating three girls at the same time this year was not having a farmer's tan he he would he would <laughs> only put that lower hey I, I, list I, of so goals. far so good for me there i can cross <laughs> nice. off that non-farmer's tan on nicely my list. done yeah i'm very proud of you you've yeah. done a really great job yeah. i'm um, sorry i'm blinding you otherwise yeah, that's though, fine but... by the way i also saw this story out there just something else i liked um there is a, a beach that's calling for Barbie Ken's to apply to work there. Uh, there's a beach job this somewhere at some hotel. I feel like the summer's ending, but it's not here in the United States it's in Maldives. Um, mm. Would you apply to a job where the description is that you have to be a, a Ken looking human? Seems like the uh, background for that is basically being on the cast of Baywatch, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, but if they're if they're actually going to be like people that I think lifeguard is one of the positions. Sure. I'd like for the, the people that they hire to actually have skills. 
You know, like I feel like yeah, that's important. Yeah, not just some, you know, <laughs> you know, right. cross between tan and pasty. Exactly. And a lot of, uh, yeah. how shall we say, unnatural parts. Sure, apparently. I mean, like even if they had a post out for a bunch of like Barbie looking ladies, uh, which probably would yeah. be like a fun beach to go to if you that's what be, everybody looks like. You got to be able to throw the raft <laughs> sure. if, uh, you gotta, if the right. job calls for you gotta, it. You got to save a person's life. Uh, if the, if the, um, but I don't know, I guess because of the Barbie craze, they yeah. thought that this would be a good ad to put up on social media those wraps on the love boat are just not for decoration <laughs> you know yeah uh people are not thrilled about this uh, post they're talking about on social media um have you seen that movie by the way the barbie movie really are you you're asking, I'm asking me that, that yeah question? i don't know maybe you got a friend Why that want to go maybe, maybe it's another one i go. don't have any maybe. friends let alone ones that want to see know. the barbie movie i'm just What's curious just curious you? you've seen it i've talked about it for like two weeks now and i, I don't have a plan i don't have a plan to see it time for you to go see it that's what that's what i just got a text people are telling me just see the movie already just see the movie i'm not i desire to see the barbie movie no i you know if you want has anybody in the building seen it anybody seen it i'm sure somebody in the building seen it all right. All right. You I want to know. Want to talk off the air about who we think saw it? <laughs> yeah. Let's no, do that off yeah, the air. Not on the air. So. All right. No. Quick break. A lot more. We'll 1470. Both be out of jobs anyway. Yeah, that's not. Um, okay.